Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Dr. Lee Warren here with you, and it is Mind Change Monday. We're going to get after changing our minds about something today, and I'm going to teach you about your hippocampus. The hippocampus is a little part of your brain that has everything to do with learning, emotional regulation, and just about everything that's important in the connection between your frontal lobe and your limbic system, and we're going to learn what that has to do with prayer and meditation and becoming healthier and feeling better and being happier. We're going to do all that in the next 20 or 30 minutes. I'm going to give you a song from Tommy Walker to fix your eyes on something good at the end. And we are going to have a great Mind Change Monday. But before we do any of that, I have one question for you. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. Are you ready to change your life? Well, this is the place. Self-Brain Surgery School. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is where we go deep into how we're wired, take control of our thinking, and find real hope. This is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. All right. Hey, it's Mind Change Monday. This is the episode every week where we think about one thing that we can change our mind about, and that's going to help us become healthier and feel better and be happier. This is important because you can't change your life until you change your mind. I say it all the time. And we know now that that's not just some cliche self-help thing, but you actually, when you change how you think, you change how your brain works. You change the physical structure of your brain. And thoughts become things. The things that you think about turn into different expressions of genes that turn into different protein production that turn into epigenetic switches and all kinds of things in your life that change how you live. And so it's really critically important to get your thinking under control. That's why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 to get every thought under your control, to capture every thought, take captive every thought and bring it into submission. It's why Romans 12 2 says, don't be conformed to the way the world wants you to think and be and live and feel and do all these things that the world wants, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Tata and I have an incredible brand new Tuesdays with Tata episode for you tomorrow. We're going to talk about something you need to change your mind about. But Mondays, we just drill into this idea. And today I want to teach you about a part of your brain called the hippocampus. And the hippocampus, not hippopotamus, not hungry, hungry hippos like that children's game, but the hippocampus, it's a seahorse-shaped structure in the very middle of your brain in a part called the limbic system. Now, when I was a resident in neurosurgery, I did a fellowship for a year in epilepsy surgery. And one of the common places in the brain where seizures are triggered is in the medial hippocampus, the little part on the inside tucked corner of your temporal lobe where the amygdala and the hippocampus and all these limbic structures are stuck together. And that part of the brain is commonly... Um, diseased and a disease called medial temporal sclerosis and people that have that tend to have seizure activity and somebody discovered a long time ago that you can remove part of the amygdala and hippocampus in certain people especially on the right side 
and you can stop seizure activity sometimes. So I learned how to do that. And we spent a lot of time mapping out the brain, doing something called a WADA test, which hardly anybody does anymore. But the WADA test was designed to test whether a particular hippocampus on a particular side in a particular patient, if you removed it, if it would affect their memory or not. And so we would do water tests, and if somebody had a hippocampus that was not affecting memory, if we removed it, then the other side was more involved in memory than this side, then that meant that we could remove it safely and perhaps control their seizure activity. So obviously the hippocampus is involved in memory, but it's so much more than that. Dawson Church, in his great book, Bliss Brain, talks about how the hippocampus, he calls it the military historian. The hippocampus has this job of comparing information that's coming in, what was that sound, to memories of past threats. Oh, that sound sounded like a gunshot. So therefore, there must be somebody shooting at me. And if there's a match with the incoming information and the memory of past event or past threat that the hippocampus can link up, then it shoots off a signal to the amygdala which then switches on your fight, flight, freeze system. So you go into panic or fear, run away, you know, fight. If your hippocampus and your amygdala are overly attuned to one another, then that comparison of incoming information with the memory of past events can easily trigger your fight, flight, freeze system. That's what they call the short path to emotional response. It's an amygdala direct, I mean, hippocampus directly to amygdala, directly to fight, flight, freeze. Okay, this is the problem, by the way, in post-traumatic stress disorder is people that have this short circuit between uh, hippocampus and amygdala and fight, flight, freeze, and they constantly feel like they're under some kind of threat all the time. Well, there's a better way. So the hippocampus decides which signals to pass to the amygdala and which ones to ignore, and in there and therefore the hippocampus is critically important in regulating your emotions. Okay, this may be why some people with seizure disorders seem kind of emotionally stunted because their hippocampus and amygdala don't work properly and the emotional triggering kind of wears them out all the time. And if you give drugs to calm down that part, maybe you suppress some of their emotional lability and they can't express emotion quite as well. Maybe that's why some people have a really active hippocampus that very effectively regulates their emotions and some people don't. And those people have hair triggers. They fire off emotional responses to any stimulus quickly. They become easily angered, fearful, anxious, and just minor life stresses. You know these people. They fly off the handle. It's because they short circuit. They have a short path between hippocampus, amygdala, and fight, flight, fear. Okay? Importantly, though, as I said just a minute ago, the hippocampus is super important in the formulation of new Memories, new experiences produce growth of synapses in the hippocampus, and when you learn something new, you get your hippocampus bigger. That's why I told you recently. They've studied in meditators. They've studied in people who are learning new languages and people who are learning new skills. That the hippocampus actually physically gets bigger within thirty days of you diligently trying to learn a new thing. The hippocampus grows. This is another example of how thoughts become things, by the way. Your thinking changes the anatomy of your brain. And one of the places it does that is in the hippocampus. Okay? So now you've got this little place in your brain that's involved in emotional regulation and it's involved in memory and learning. And in the most important part of what it does is this cataloging of bad, threatful, harmful things in the past. 
and comparing them to incoming stimuli and deciding if what you feel is worthy of being afraid of or being run away from or being ready to fight over that your hippocampus is that place where it happens and it happens if you don't train it it happens in a way that's outside of your your conscious thought and seemingly outside of your control and so today on mind change monday we want to learn how to control understand what our hippocampus does and learn how to control it better learn how to get it more under our control so we can have that new mind that we're looking for. Dawson Church tells this great story, and it resonated with me because my dad had all these books of airplanes from World War II. And he would have the, these great books that showed all the schematics and photographs and engineering details of all these different airplanes from World War II. And I was fascinated. I looked at those books a million times when I was a kid, all the American ones, the Japanese ones, the Russian ones, the German ones, the Italian ones. And you would learn that there was always a chart of what the silhouettes look like from the sky. And you would have these friend or foe charts. Dawson Church shows one in his book, Bliss Brain. And the idea was that you should be able to look up and see an airplane and immediately recognize if it was a bad guy or a good guy. Like, do you need to, do you need to run off to the bomb shelter because you're about to be have an air raid happen? Or is it safe, right? You can look up and see an airplane and you know immediately if it's friend or foe. Well, that's what your hippocampus does. Is it friend or is it foe? You can look up and say, oh, that's a B-17, that's one of ours. That's a that's a B-2 spirit stealth bomber, that's one of ours. Or you look up, holy cow, that's a Chinese bomber. I better go run to a bomb shelter somewhere. Drop everything, go run for safety. That's what your hippocampus does. It looks at a trigger, a stimulus, a feeling, and it links it up with something from the past that's either threatful or not. It's either dangerous or safe. It's either needing to fight, flight, or flee from it or be afraid of it, or you need to just relax and it's going to be okay. That's what your hippocampus does. When you learn about threats as a child and they are accompanied by strong emotions like fear, then they get embedded in your hippocampus and you make neural circuits around them. You hardwire them. That's what I'm always telling you about. You touch a hot stove when you're a child. You don't have to think about it when you're an adult. You don't have to test it and say, I wonder if that's going to hurt me this time. You know it. You don't even have to think about it. You instinctively don't touch red glowing things on the stove or curling irons because you know they're going to hurt you. That's hippocampus, okay? The problem is, like those old air raid posters, friend or foe, we don't need them anymore. Like you're not going to see a B-17 bomber flying around in the air that's going to potentially bomb you or not bomb you. You're not going to because they don't exist anymore. So the problem is, even though you don't need that information, your hippocampus still stores it up and still reacts to it as if it's a real threat. Now, what in the world do we do about that? And before we get there, let's take a little break. And before we go any further, I want to remind you about our sponsors for this episode, Peak, P-I-Q-U-E, and Armra, A-R-M-R-A. These are two products that Lisa and I use every day. I mix them up in my athletic greens. It's a uh, a nutrient, probiotic, prebiotic, vitamin, mineral substance that I drink every day. I'm not a paid, I'm not a paid affiliate of Athletic Greens, but I do drink it every day. And I'll just remind you, if you're going to add a supplement to your diet or any kind of major change in your health, especially if you have chronic health issues or take medications or if you're older, talk to your doctor before you add something. But Peak and Armra help with immune system support. They support gut and the gut-brain interface, which is so important. 
as I've told you before, that your gut is like a USB port. And once you, you stick a thumb drive in there and your brain gets everything that goes into your gut. If you're going to build new synapses and change the way you think and become more resilient, you got to have good building blocks. Because if you build a house out of terrible materials, then you're going to have a terrible house that's not very strong. And the same thing happens. The nutrients that you put into your gut become antigens that you create disease around or they become building blocks for the things, the proteins and the and the molecules in your brain that you need. And so put good stuff in there. Peak and Armor help us. And if you buy them through our links, you'll see in the show notes. Then it helps helps us too grow the podcast and all that stuff. So check out the links in the show notes for Peak and Armor, especially this time of year when we're gathering with people who have viruses and we're sneezing and coughing and all that stuff. So Peak and Armor, helping us get the podcast out there even farther and to help you become healthier and feel better and be happier. Okay. All right, let's get after it. So... You look up in the sky, you see the bomber, and you immediately link it up with some time in the past when you got bombed, right? And that, then you you trigger the fire, the fight, flight, flee reflex. That's helpful to you. But what if your grandfather did something to you when you were nine, and you remember that? And there was a song playing on the radio when he did that thing. And every time now you hear music that reminds you of that song, you feel like you're in danger. That's PTSD, right? That's that's something that's happening in your hippocampus that's no longer useful to you because your grandfather is dead and gone, and that song can't be related to a current threat, not likely to be anyway, right? You don't need that information anymore, but you still have it because you made synapses around the emotional trigger that the music tied to the memory of what he did to you that's conditioned behavior, and it's really, really hard to change. Even when it's outlived, it's usefulness. And there was a time when you were a child, maybe you heard that music come on, and you knew he was getting ready to do something, and you would go hide, and hopefully maybe he would you know, pass out drunk or not find you or whatever, and that thing wouldn't happen. That, that was useful, to have that fight, flight, fear response around that music. It's not useful anymore because now every time the radio comes on, you don't understand why you're so irritable with your family. Right now, when I see a helicopter, I immediately sometimes become aware that my stomach kind of hurts and I'm kind of anxious. And I realize I'm thinking about things that happened in Iraq when I would see a helicopter. I'm going to see some guy with a lower leg sticking out of his chest or some baby that's been firebombed when that helicopter lands. And then I say, wait a minute, I'm not in Iraq. I'm in Nebraska. And that, yes, that's a life flight, but it's not likely to be for me. And it's certainly not going to be from a bomb that blew somebody's leg off. Like, I don't have to feel that. I can train myself how not to feel that. And here's the thing, when the hippocampus isn't sure of what to make of a piece of information, then the hippocampus refers to the prefrontal cortex. So in a healthy state, when your brain's working the way it's supposed to, and we talked about this on Frontal Lobe Friday last week, I gave you back the first Frontal Lobe Friday episode, and we talked about how the frontal cortex is the CEO, but the CEO has to know that a problem exists before they can get involved and make an executive decision about it, Right. So when the hippocampus isn't sure what to make, it hears a sound but doesn't know if it's a threat, it sees a thing and doesn't know if it's a threat, it refers to the prefrontal cortex when you're in a healthy state. And the frontal cortex is all about discernment and discrimination and knowledge and executive function and higher level thinking. And it'll say, wait a minute, that wasn't a gunshot, that was a car backfiring, that was, that was thunder, it wasn't you know, a tornado, it was just wind, it was, it was not a threat. And then your hippocampus goes, okay, well I don't need to tell the amygdala to, to fire off into that fight, flight, flee you know, alarm state. 
I can just relax. So that when the hippocampus is working properly, there's a long path before you get to fight, flight, fear. Okay, so there's a, a long path, and we talked earlier. There's a short path that goes right from hippocampus to amygdala and straight down to panic and anxiety and running away and fighting and being irritable and all that. When the executive function gets involved, it calms the hippocampus down and says, "Wait a minute, you're thank you for checking in, but you don't need to be alarmed, and you can learn that this situation isn't." A threat, And what happens then over time is when you train your hippocampus to check in before it freaks out, then you can become more resilient to stresses and potential irritants in your day. They don't all have to be, you don't have to make an operation out of everything every time somebody irritates you. This is the path, my friend, to a happy life, the long path to calm down that hungry, hungry hippo. Your hippocampus is constantly scouring the environment for threats, for things to remember, for tying this trigger to an emotional response from the past, all about trying to keep you alive. It's a good thing. It's emotional self-regulation. But in order to do it well, you need to get the executives involved. You need to get the effective emotional self-regulation that only can happen when you use the long path from hippocampus to prefrontal cortex back to hippocampus and finally down to amygdala. That's how you can become healthier and feel better and be happier. We all know people, and I hope it's not you, but we all know people who are poor at emotional self-regulation. They're not good at it. These are people with PTSD. They've got a circuit that's impaired between hippocampus and amygdala. They don't take the long path. They take the short path. They startle easily. They, they overreact. They little innocuous stimuli in the environment freak them out, right? I see a helicopter sometimes. It happens to me even, unless I think about it, unless I do a thought biopsy and get involved in it. So I have to think about my thinking, And over time, I'll train my hippocampus to make synapses, more strong and robust synapses with my frontal lobe and reduce or weaken the power of the short path. Okay, now you still need it sometimes. There are times when you instantly need to jump into action, okay? That's when the bear busts into your room, when when the intruder comes into your house. You don't need your frontal lobe to do that. You need to run away when there's a real threat, okay? But you can train your brain to not overreact to these innocuous stimuli that keep firing or these things from the past that are no longer relevant and no longer helpful. Somebody, you know, maybe doesn't answer you when you first call on them in the office and it triggers this relationship you had in the past where nobody ever listens to me and nobody ever pays attention to me and who who, who do they think they are for not paying attention to me? And the truth is they had headphones in and they couldn't hear you. But instead, you reacted, you yelled at them, you made a snide comment, or you went and told 20 people that so-and-so was ignoring you, when the truth wasn't even that. You didn't take a second to get your frontal lobes involved and look at the situation, and you harmed yourself by taking the short path to emotional response instead of rational rational thinking and a healthier response. Does that make sense? These people who have poor emotional self-regulation their hippocampi cut out the frontal cortex and go straight to the amygdala. They don't use wise discrimination, but they use instant reaction. Everything is a life-threatening disaster. Everything is a big fiasco. Everything is a trigger. That short path is a path to misery for you, my friend. You have an improved reaction speed, but terrible accuracy, and you're reacting to things that you shouldn't be reacting to, and you're making an operation out of all kinds of things that are not helpful to you in your life. 
Now, the hippocampus is also super important in memory and learning, and there's two different types of memory that you need to know about, declarative memories and spatial memories. Declarative memories are what do you do with facts and events, like memorizing things, memorizing the lines in your play, or, or memorizing the five teams that are going to, or the four teams that are going to make the college football playoff? Those kinds of declarative memories that are that are just facts and events. Okay, spatial memories are also more important. Really, they're about navigation. This is how you remember the drive to your office, and over time, you don't have to think about it quite as often. How you remember the the steps through your living room, so you can do it even in the dark when you can't see. That's spatial memory, okay? Now, there's evidence that the hippocampus can do something that's kind of remarkable. It can turn short-term memories into long-term memories, okay? When you when you take those first few Mandarin lessons, you're trying to learn how to speak Mandarin. You have to really focus, and you have to you have to pay super close attention to the grammar and every little aspect of learning that language. And all the nuance is really hard to, to program. You have to pay a lot of cognitive attention, but over time, it becomes easier. And you can more effortlessly learn new words because you've learned the rules. You can you can learn the, the grammar and the syntax and how to put sentences together in ways that don't make your friends chuckle. I remember we were in Italy, and I called our friend Gabriella, who translated my book, I've Seen the Interview, into Italian, and I called her brilliant, and she laughed. And I said, why are you laughing? And she said, well, brilliant, if you translated brilliant into my language, it would mean that you are saying that I'm sparkly. So, you know, I have a word that means you're really super smart, and she hears it in a way that says that she's sparkling, which is kind of interesting and sort of related to the idea of brilliance, right? Like a brilliant diamond would be sparkly. But we, but when you're learning a language, you have to pay attention to that, to understand that nuance and understand the difference between one word and another. But what the hippocampus does over time is it makes that less of a burden. It automates some of that stuff so you don't have to think about it. It becomes more effortless, Okay. And this happens when you meditate and when you pray, when you calm your mind and you talk to God and you get God to get involved in your thinking, you activate. And we know this from functional imaging studies. So here's where the science and the faith smash together, okay? There's a region in your hippocampus called the dentate gyrus. And when you meditate and pray, that region comes online in a more powerful way. It gets activated. And what the dentate gyrus does is it sort of syncs up emotional regulation in all kinds of different areas of your brain. It gets everybody firing on the same page. It gets all the emotional areas of your brain under control, and you start thinking less about yourself and more sort of globally about the whole situation and the other people involved and the other nuances of the situation. And this is how you activate your long path. It's how you calm your crazy emotional storm. And you give your consciousness a break from the me show that we talked about on Monday of last week when we talked about the default mode network. Okay, the default mode network, your baseline is all about you. What does this have to do with me? Why are they hurting me? Why aren't they paying attention to me? Why are they talking about me? Why did he do that to me? Why doesn't anything ever work out for me? Why don't I ever win anything? And you calm that down and you get your hippocampus getting better at regulating and connecting to other parts of your brain. And without all that emotional overlay, when the hippocampus is focused on integrating instead of emotionally reacting, you get this calm emotional space and you begin to fire the circuits that 
the metaphysics is called the bliss brain, the, the, the part of your brain, the, 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 the network of your brain that's involved in feeling calm and feeling at peace and feeling like things are going to work out and they're getting better. That's what happens when you learn to meditate and pray and talk to your brain and think about your thinking instead of letting your hippocampus lead you around like you got a rope around your neck. Imaging studies have shown that when you activate the hippocampus, you improve memory, learning, emotional control, acquisition of new skills, spatial navigation, directional sense, higher levels of serotonin, and coordination of different brain regions. And when you decrease hippocampus activity, you get depression, hyperactivity, amnesia, and dementia. Okay, so in other words, if you can get your hippocampus more active, it's going to regulate better. It's going to talk to the frontal lobe better. It's going to keep you on the long path to becoming healthier, feeling better and being happier. And it's going to short circuit the short path, which is all about emotional lability and just running away from everything and fight, flight, flee. (laughs) I keep saying that I'm having trouble waking up. Fight, flight, fear. Okay, that triple F that you don't want you're going to run away from everything you're going to fight you're going to be afraid you're going to fear you're going to you're going to flee and you don't want that in your life you want to be engaged you want to be regulated you want to be in control you know what the brain says what the bible says about your brain go to philippians chapter four this is fascinating two thousand years ago before they had functional imaging before they had spec scanning and functional mri scanning before they had any of that you had paul in Philippians 4, 6 through 8, saying this, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. He will, His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. That's the New Living Translation. Listen to it in the New International Version. Finally, brothers and sisters, sorry, Philippians 4, 6 through 8 in the NIV says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Listen, friend, I'm going to tell you something that's physically impossible for you to do. If you get in your car, you cannot drive north and south on Interstate 80 at the same time. You can't. You can only go one direction. It's not possible for you to travel in two directions at the same time. And by the same token, it is not possible for your brain to take the short path from hippocampus to amygdala to fight, flight, fear, flee, all that stuff. It's not possible for you to do that and take the long path to get the frontal lobes involved, get emotional ability under control, integrate with the other areas of your brain that are responsible for emotional well-being, well-being and resilience. It is not possible for you to take the short path and the long path at the same time. Why? Because gratitude and thanksgiving activate your hippocampus and help your brain calm down. 
and anxiety and stress deactivate your hippocampus and allow your amygdala to come online more powerfully and short circuit that path and take the short path to being terrified all the time, to being anxious all the time, to making an operation out of everything all the time. So in other words, gratitude and anxiety cannot exist in your brain at the same time because they involve switching the hippocampus on or off. So you can't have both. So my question for you today on Mind Change Monday is which one do you want to have? Do you want a brain that is a hair trigger to emotional ability that fights and flights and flees and fears all the time? Or do you want a brain that calls the boss and says, hey, here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling this anxiety. I'm feeling this fear. What do you think about it? And the frontal lobe says, you know what? You're not actually in danger right now. They, they, hey, look, they have, headphone, they have headphones on. They're not ignoring you. Hey, look, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe you should just ask them if they're okay. Maybe their mom just died. Maybe they're not actually ignoring you. Maybe they're having some rough time that you can help them with. The frontal lobe gets involved and says, hey, stop, relax. You're not actually in danger. Let's get the other areas of our brain involved in emotional regulation in here, and let's get all these circuits firing on the same page, and let's get that network to help you become healthier and feel better and be happier. Friend, you can't drive two directions at the same time. You can't take the short path and the long path at the same time. So my question for you today here on Mind Change Monday is which path do you want to take? And the good news is you can train your brain to take the long path to calm down that hungry, hungry hippo and get that hippocampus working in the way that it's designed to work. And you can change your mind and you can change your life. Even on Mind to Change Monday. Listen, I'm going to tell you about a cool thing that happened yesterday. I woke up and I had this verse of scripture in my head. It took me a little bit to figure out where it was. It was Psalm 27. All the days of my life, I want to dwell upon your beauty. I want to gaze upon your beauty and seek you in your holy place. That's the line. It turns out to be from Psalm 27. Then I opened up my Bible and guess what? From the Bible reading for that day had Psalm 27 in it. So I thought it when I woke up. I read it when I did my Bible study. And then I turned on Spotify and turned on my Tommy Walker album, Never Gonna Stop. And the song, I Fix My Eyes on You, was playing. And that song, he starts with, I Fix My Eyes on You. It's, he quotes the scripture, all the days of my life, I want to gaze upon your beauty and seek you in your holy place. So I got the same message three times yesterday morning, and I want to give it to you today. You can fix your mind on something. You don't have to be a victim of whatever pops into your head. You can learn how to think about your thinking. You can tell your hippocampus who's boss, and you can get it to do its job. And you can do that by learning to meditate and pray and focus on things that are helpful. That's called prehab in the treatment plan that I gave you and hope is the first dose. And you can put a bunch of good stuff in your brain that will help you when times are hard. So you won't fall so far when you get knocked off your feet because you will. When, when the massive thing happens, you'll get knocked off your feet and you'll fall a bit. But how far do you fall? How far you fall depends on how much you prepare, how good your prehab is. And I'm telling you that learning to fix your eyes on something that is always true, that you'd rather be grateful than anxious. 
You'd rather be prayerful than worried. You'd rather have a solid safety on your gun than to have a hair trigger and be shooting off emotionally in 500 different directions every time life throws a little stress at you. You would rather stop making an operation out of every little event that comes along and stresses you in your life. And the way to do that, my friend, is to get this hippocampus under your control. And here on Mind Change Monday, I just have one little thing to tell you, and it's really, really good news. You can start today. I'm going to give you Tommy Walker's song, I Fix My Eyes on You, as we go out, because I want you to have some good prehab in your heart the next time that hair trigger starts to go off. You can get the frontal lobe involved and tell that hippocampus who's boss, and you can start today. All the days of my life, I want to gaze upon your beauty and seek you in this holy place. Could you sing that with me? All the days of my life, I want to gaze upon your beauty.
the days of my life. All the days of my life. I want to gaze upon your beauty and seek you in this holy place. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. I want to gaze upon your beauty. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Hope is the First Dose. It's a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. It's available everywhere books are sold, and I narrated the audio books. Hey, the theme music for the show is Get Up by my friend Tommy Walker, available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. They are supplying worship resources for worshipers all over the world to worship the Most High God. And if you're interested in learning more, check out TommyWalkerMinistries.org. If you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer and go to my website and sign up for the newsletter Self Brain Surgery every Sunday since 2014 helping people in all 50 states and 60 plus countries around the world. I'm Dr. Lee Warren and I'll talk to you soon. Remember friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind and the good news is you can start today. <laughs>